Sunday right away. That is Simply Focus with Elvi Chani and Dominic Gouda for Live and Joy and Welcome back to the Simply Focus podcast, The Good Life Approach, your podcast for life and joy and ease. This is episode number 21. And his name is Dominic Goda. And she is Elfie Czerny. Hello everyone, we are here in Danders together with the one and only Laura Cole. And we are very <laughs> grateful to be here with you today. Thank you very much, Laura. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. We met Laura three weeks ago at the Brief Fest mm-hmm. and Laura was one of these amazing participants you might have heard her in our podcast number 18 already where she shared her experiences with us and it's this kind of magic journey and a very unique opportunity to meet someone who just learned about solution focus and Mm -hmm. within three weeks had some really amazing stories already so we are very much looking forward to talk with you today about your solution focus journey Mm -hmm. and about your journey before you work as an organizational coach and mediator for 15 years now. Yes, yeah, for 15 years. And in April, you heard for the first time about the solution-focused approach and somehow this grabbed your attention, right? Yeah, right away it grabbed my attention and I knew, oh, I'm on the start of a new journey. We were very impressed by Laura and her enthusiasm during BriefFest and it's such a great opportunity to have you here and to talk about your learning and the differences solution folks makes for you or has made for you in these three weeks. So Laura, what fascinates you with solution focus? Thank you. Yeah, what has fascinated me already is actually watching participants and clients respond to the approach. And it's been interesting to see that they will immediately answer questions that you ask them and get right into the idea idea of it. And that has been what has fascinated me the most is seeing the difference in the coaching process. What differences did you see? Actually, what's been fun is at the end, after we've had a great conversation and a coaching opportunity, almost every time after that, they've turned to me and said, first a pause and then a, what just happened? What did you just do? What I find interesting about that is that that question wasn't asked at the beginning while the process was happening. And that's what I think is so fascinating about this process is that it is so non-intrusive and what a natural dialogue you can create with it that while it was happening they didn't stop and say what's going on because they were in the moment and working with the process it was after that they were able to pause and say oh my and then what did you just do we have been here at laura's house for the last few days and it's so amazing every time laura gets an email with a response like that she's like oh look at this look at this yes they're right back that has been a real highlight this week getting that feedback from clients after the workshop. And that's not something I've had before. This is a new type of engagement that I'm seeing with my clients. So 15 years of coaching Mm -hmm. and mediation and now getting to know the solution-focused approach and you get responses like that Mm -hmm. just right away after the first time you do it with your clients. Mm -hmm. So what did you do there? Do you know what it was? The very first sentence, the very first way I started the workshop, it was a large group. There was uh, 35 people in the room. And typically how I would have started that before would have just been a, you know, thank you for having me kind of thing. And I decided, no, I'm doing this very intentionally. I'm taking the stuff from BriefFest and I'm going to be very intentionally using it this time. And I changed the opening and started with, I'm sure you have a good reason why you're here, suppose, and went from there and spent the first 10 
minutes or so just getting people to talk about basically their best hopes for the meeting. And that was what was so fascinating. That set the entire track for the whole rest of the day. So how did you formulate that supposed question? Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a bit of detail. There was several people in the room that hadn't been there before. They hadn't been involved in the previous workshops. And I had sent out an invitation and, and a real encouragement for these other members to join, to come. And they did. And so I said, I'm sure you have a good reason for coming. Suppose that this was a good decision to come. What will you notice later? What will you notice tomorrow? And then I took it deeper and I said, what will your teammates notice about you? And then further, they're working on a project. And I pretended the project was a person. And I said, what will the project notice about you? And we did all of that. And we spent a good deal of time talking about that before we even got into the content. So right away into the preferred future in their workplace and their yes. projects and not about the meeting, but about their future that they really want to see in their lives, in their mm -hmm. professional life. Yes, definitely. And from there, I treated the meeting as almost a vehicle or a conduit to get them to that preferred future. So then the subject of the day was actually not the meeting. It was their preferred future. And the meeting was just a vehicle to support that. And that completely changed the environment, the dialogue, the conversation then was actually not about a meeting. It was about a future. And it was just so wonderful to watch all that happen. What a brilliant story. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. And I really admire how you just go for it. I mean, you're working in this environment for 15 years now and mm. you were very successful. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious from today, looking back to your career, what would you say were things that were really easy for you before already that made it maybe easy for you to really embrace solution focus from the very first moment? Oh, great question. I've been asking myself that question actually indirectly since I started this. And what What I realized was a real underlying concept of mediation is going past what the client is saying. So we call it positions versus interest. And most people communicate on a positions level. We talk about what we think we want, but typically that's not actually the case. And resolution can't be found in a positional level. And so in mediation, we say looking for the interests and figuring out what it is that's motivating the position. And so this idea of travel away from what the client has said is a very natural thing in my mind already. But what I loved about how to marry solution focused is which direction are you headed? Where are you traveling to and what is your starting point? So now I'm headed to the preferred future. And so what's been great is that the idea of interest based conversations is still something that I can lean on. And yet the orientation of the conversation is in a different direction. What else, Laura? <laughs> I've always been very fascinated and very, you know, determined that people have their own solutions right from the very beginning. And the reason why I created my business in the first place is because I believe in humans and their ability to change. And I believe in their ability to already know inside themselves what they need. So for me, just that natural belief is so supportive of me now embracing the solution focused method. So we assume that you did a lot of things already in the past mm -hmm. that you would now consider solution focused. So tell us more about what you mm -hmm. already discovered that you already did that fits well to this new solution focused approach that mm -hmm. you adopted three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. The idea of having a meaningful conversation, and I do believe that many of my coaching sessions I framed that way. I was one of those coaches, I didn't walk into a session with a binder prepared and I didn't have handouts already. I would come there just with 
with curiosity and with an open mind, ready for whatever direction the client needed. And I didn't even realize that was such a powerful thing I was doing. Truly, it was just for me saying, how can I possibly think I already know what you need and I've not met you yet? And so that was just a natural thing for me. And so I'm excited that I can continue that way. <laughs> what else are you excited to continue, Laura? Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to continue the relationships. And I do believe through the solution focused, it's this opportunity to really, you know, sit there in a room and be inspired by your clients also. And I look forward to continuing that, to being so open and so aware that, you know, it's a privilege to be in that room with your client and having that discussion. And now I have this greater appreciation for what that relationship looks like and being able to really support that. So many things you already did and many things that fit well to solution focus approach mm -hmm. and still there are differences and you were blown away after those experiences at Briefest or mm -hmm. during these experiences at Briefest. So what are the relevant differences for you? Great question. And again, that is something I have been asking myself and noticing. These are things that I really want to be able to notice those differences. And truly, it's the orientation that has been the largest impact for me. Where does the orientation go? Do we spend all this time going backwards and finding out, okay, what's not working? You know, why is all of this stuff? And instead of, you know, moving to that preferred future. So that's been one of the differences. The other main difference is the time. So that is something I have noticed immediately is how much faster the conversation gets to a really what I would consider the active point. And I've said in the past in different conversations that I cherish the moment in my coaching sessions when the client commits in that moment and you can see it it's like oh okay I'm here and I just cherish every time a client you know has that moment and I'm finding in solution focused that happens faster and it happens in a very different way some clients I've had in the past you know we've had five six sessions and I had one last week where 45 minutes in I knew I'm like okay this is good and I may not see this person again and that was actually an absolutely wonderful feeling What do you think is it that makes it faster? I'm not sure yet, you know, a few weeks in, but I would say from my observations, I think it's that idea of who has the solution already. So when the solution lies with the client, I don't have to take three sessions to first figure out what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I don't have to understand all of that stuff that in the past I thought I had to know. They are already an expert on their life and they're already an expert on what they're looking for. And so with the solution focused process, when you are engaged in the preferred future, I don't have to spend six sessions, whatever, to first unravel the past. And so what a difference that has made in terms of timing. And you were one of the participants who went right away out and tried out and did everything you heard and did that in your private life and your business life. And we heard the story of how you asked a different question at this meeting with 35 people. And we're curious, what other stories have you experienced in the last three weeks that really show you that this is the right way for you to go? One of my favorite stories to share that happened is actually with a friend. We were out for drinks and, you know, typically I find in my life anyway, when we get together with some girls, it sometimes turns into a bit of a complain fest and perhaps that's felt good. I don't know, maybe we feel good about having a complain fest, but we did and I was engaged in it and I was having this complain fest with my girlfriends out. It was the Wednesday in between the brief fest and then all of a sudden I just thought, hang on a minute, what conversation are we having right now? 
And where are we going with this conversation? And so I tossed in a question and, you know, shifted the focus of the conversation. And it was so powerful because my friend had been having this struggle she was dealing with. And I tossed in this supposed preferred future question and it changed the conversation. And she's one of the ones that at the end turned to me and paused and said, what just happened? What did you just do? And it was just wonderful to see it working in an everyday way. What a beautiful story, huh? And this was after two and a half days at Breakfast, right? Yes, we started Breakfast on the Friday and then Saturday. And then, yep, this was just the following week when we had the day off in between. And uh, I needed a bit of a refresher. So I'd gone out with some friends. It's so great to see that you did it right away. So what did you exactly do? She was trying to make a decision about her son. And I asked her the question. I said, suppose you were able to make that decision. What would you notice about your son? So she started describing what she would notice. And then there was a bit of a pause. And then I said, and what else? And we had spent two hours complaining about this topic and getting very deep inside the sadness of the topic. And so I wanted to spend lots of time with the what else question. And that allowed me to stay out of the dialogue. And it allowed her to create the dialogue on her own. That's something I've noticed about solution focused as well is that we can get out of the way more than I realized we could. And so just with that simple what else question, I was able to get out of her way. And she sat there and wove this beautiful picture of what she would notice about her son. And then I asked her, when have you already noticed some of those things? Or what have you already noticed about your son? And it was this pause and a reflection. And then she said, well, this morning, I actually noticed those things about him this morning. And that's when she turned to me and said, what just happened? This realization that the decision itself could come and go, but what was important to her was what she would notice about her son and that no matter what the decision, she was already noticing those things. And we ended that conversation on such a beautiful way. So how did you end so I said, you know, it's possible that after this conversation, when you get home today, you might notice other things about him. Maybe I can ask you about it again. And keeping in mind, of course, this is a friend of mine and we weren't in a coaching session. So I was wanting to be very conversational about it. But I did say to her, you know, I'd love to ask you more later, you know, pay attention to those things you might notice about him that you had just said, and maybe there's more and then you can tell me more about it. And she actually has. She has reached out and told me more things. Awesome. Mm. I'm very excited and passionate about turning points. And you mm. just mentioned one of these turning points where you refocus the conversation. So you said you were talking about this topic for two hours and then you started asking different questions. Mm -hmm. So how did you notice that you want to have a different conversation at this point? There was a moment at Breakfast, and I remember it very clearly. Hey Sun Moon had said that the preferred future conversation or when you ask the best hope question to your client. So suppose, you know, this was helpful. What's your best? hope for after and what would you notice that that kind of conversation what they describe is not the destination but the departure and so when she said that when I was able to clearly see that in my mind that what we're describing is not what we're shooting for but where do we go from there the departure something very profound happened in my mind and it 
clicked into myself that said, yes, how often do our conversations circle around trying to get to a destination or circle around where we are at the moment? And it just clicked in and it occurred to me that with just this reorientation of the question, we could not have to spend all that time talking about the past and the barriers, which are could come up. So for my girlfriend, instead of seeing that decision as the destination, okay, let's problem solve to try to solve the decision and then we're going to be done. We're going to be good because we would have arrived. Instead, seeing that decision as the departure. So from the decision after, what will you notice? What's in the future? And so when Sun Moon said that in Brief Fest, that really clicked for me. And for me, that was an aha moment. So problem talk creates problems and solution mm-hmm. talk creates solutions. Yes, yes. Brenda Salter-Minden mentioned in podcast number 20, the three phases that Insu mentioned how to learn solution focus. The first phase is you start applying solution focus in your daily life, mostly out of a problem-focused perspective. And the second phase is getting goosebumps when people talk about problems mm. and then saying, Ooh, I need to do something, I need to ask another question. And that sounds very much like that. Yes, I would say that. And I'm noticing that in so many of my conversations now, even with my daughter, I had a wonderful conversation with my seven-year-old daughter the other day about her teacher. And a few weeks ago, at the end of the school year, they were given the name of who their teacher is going to be in September. And so she came home and was in tears about this. Mommy, I have Madame so-and-so in September. And oh, this is just terrible. She's so mean. And right away, it's been one of those great things about this is you start to notice opportunity for conversation. I thought to myself, I would have probably answered that with, oh, I'm sure she's not mean. But then I would have given Eden all the opportunity in the world to try to prove to me that no, mommy, she is mean and here's all the reasons why. Or I might have said something else like, oh, yes, well, she's mean. Get on with your life. Like, I don't know what I would have done. But instead I said, oh, she's mean. And Eden, yes, she's mean, mommy. So I got out my phone because Eden thinks phones are magic. And I opened up my phone and I said, oh, yep. Okay. I see here that Madame so-and-so very well could be mean. It does say that. Do you know what else it says? It says she's also very funny. And Eden looked at me and said, she's funny. And I said, yeah, she's very funny. She's like, oh, I've never heard that. That's not what the conversation on the playground is. And I said, Eden, what would you notice about Madame so-and-so if she were actually funny? What are some things you might notice? And she's like, I don't know. And I said, yep, I think we should find out. So she had two more days left to school. So her challenge that she gave herself was she was going to go back to school and notice all the things about Madame that were funny. And when she came home the second day, she said, Mom, you were right. She is funny. And then I started the, what did you notice? I noticed this and that. And then I said, and what else? And what else? And she gave me this lengthy list of all the things she'd noticed. And so now she has no apprehension about heading into September. She's going to spend her summer talking about how funny that this woman is. And and spreading the words to other kids Oh, and I had said that. Yeah, that. I said, now you get to spread the word that Madame is funny. And I recognize in part of that story, I had confirmed that this woman was mean. And the only reason I did that was because I know my daughter so well and I needed to just erase that from the conversation and by just acknowledging it moving past it and giving her something else to focus on that really worked 
works well for her. And this is, I think, what Brenda was referring to as stage three. And it also shows that you took your daughter really seriously. Mm-hmm. Because you could have said, oh, she's not mean, for example, and then show her that your daughter is wrong. Oh, and I so believe in that. And I really agree with what you just said. And that's something that I'm really actually learning about her. And I'm so grateful for the solution focus that's given me something to notice about her. And what I've noticed is how many times I think as parents, we think we're being good and kind, but we might actually not be acknowledging those feelings and those opinions. And to Eden, that was a very important thing that I heard her. I recognized what she was saying. I was not trying to say she was wrong, but I wanted to give her then another direction to focus. And what a fascinating way that that worked for her. Yesterday, Eden, Laura, Bibiana and myself were sitting in our RV. Bibiana and Eden were playing and Laura and I had this discussion and then we went through some solution-focused questions and I was deeply, deeply touched by the wisdom of your daughter Mm. when you asked her the questions. So we started to invite the girls to answer the questions and Laura asked her a solution-focused question and Eden came up with the most brilliant answers and I was like, wow, what a wise girl and she's seven. I mean, that was amazing. Yes. And oh, I really cherish that time that we did that. I will always, you know, hold that very close to my heart, that conversation. And what it made me realize yesterday was if we think about our clients, they have all that wisdom as well. And every human, every person has all of that wisdom inside them. Often it takes an opportunity to speak it. And the solution focused questions provides that opportunity. She always had that wisdom in her, but the question allowed us to see it. And she really said yes to answer the questions, which I think is also very special. So not every kid would just say yes and go with the answers. So I love that about her. Yes. So the last three weeks, you've been applying solution focus in every aspect of your Mm -hmm. life with these very touching stories that we just heard. And we're curious what areas of your life or what situations in the future might be perfect to do more of what you just said. I'll share another personal aha that happened over the last few weeks and how that is shaping what my future career is going to be looking like. And again, it was inspired by Hey Sun Moon's comment that it's not the destination, it's the departure. And in that moment at Brief Fest, when Sun made that comment, it clicked in and then it reminded me of something. But at the moment, I wasn't sure what I was being reminded of, but I knew it was an important moment. And that was on Saturday. Sunday, the following day, I had gone to church and the whole sermon was on the hope and the promise of Sunday. In Christian conversations, it's a very easy and well-known conversation to have about living in Sunday. And what that is, is it's not about Sunday church day. It's Sunday in Easter. So on Saturday of the Easter weekend, Saturday is a dark day. It's a sad day. The disciples woke up with confusion and chaos. Their savior was gone and dead. So we talk about living in Saturday as this very dark, sad day. But then on Sunday, you live in the hope and you live in the promise of what that resurrection has brought. And so I'm listening to this sermon on Sunday. And of course, I've heard the Easter story a million times, but it sounded different this time. And then the comment was made that Easter is not the destination, it's the departure. And in this moment, I couldn't believe that the day before I'd had this aha with it. And then on Sunday, I hear it happening again, this idea 
idea of departure, not destination. And then it occurred to me, living in Sunday, living in Sunday. And so I raced home, checked the internet. Sure enough, living in Sunday was available. So I bought the domain and the idea has come to me that Christian coaching often has the dialogue in Saturday. And I've been involved in it before. I've gone to coaching before and counseling where it was a Christian base. And yet we spend all this time talking about Saturday, all this stuff we don't want, all this sadness. And then it occurred to me, why are we having that conversation about Saturday when it's a very clear philosophy and Christian idea that Sunday is the better choice? And so when I think about that, I think about having these conversations thinking about Sunday. And so I bought the domain Living in Sunday. And my idea is to work with pastors, work with youth group type ideas, spreading that idea that the Christian coaching should actually, can we can we move into a Sunday conversation and not leave our clients on Saturday? I love that idea. And I think we should really connect you to Victor Nelson, who in another podcast shared how he did pastoral counseling oh. and worked with churches. So mm -hmm. I think you would see a lot of things in common. I love that. And I think it's a very natural conversation. And yet it occurred to me as well in my mediation that there's this idea of this performative relationship, what people think counseling is or what they think coaching should be. And so I think people come to that as a coach with great intentions. And I do believe when they do talk about the Saturday conversations, they believe they're being helpful, but that's the model that they've worked in. And so I think that just sharing that idea that think of Sunday versus Saturday, it's such a natural metaphor that they would very easily be able to adapt into that new model. So living in Sunday, meaning talking about the preferred future about what works towards that already mm -hmm. what could be signs that show you that we're on the way to living in that yes. about celebrating life mm -hmm. i guess and the hope the key phrase for the resurrection is the hope and the promise of what your future looks like and what that means and what it actually means is that saturday no longer matters those concepts from saturday don't follow you for your life that's what sunday happened and so living in sunday is about living in that hope and realizing what you bring and knowing where you can go from there. I'm very much looking forward to see mm -hmm. what will emerge in the next mm -hmm. months and years out of your training and how you will put it together in your work and inspire many, many other people for sure. Mm -hmm. So, Laura, you've been doing coaching and mediation for 15 years now, met the Solution Focus approach mm -hmm. only recently and having all those hopes about living in Sunday and really clear ideas what to do with it and these great experiences already in the first three mm -hmm. weeks. Mm -hmm. It's really great for us to see that, see your enthusiasm and your fascination. So what would you say would be one thing that others could take away from your journey that might make a big difference for them? I think I think one of the biggest things is being very clear and very intentional about what kinds of conversations you're having. And the biggest thing for me that I think people could take away is really appreciating and recognizing that that performative pull is present. It does exist. And what I mean by that is when someone says, hello, how are you? And the other person says, fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. There's this performative, repetitive behavior that humans get into. And I think we need to break that and actually be more intentional about our conversations and maybe just change the word from fine. <laughs> maybe I'm something else, but we run into this expected behavior. 
I usually answer with very good. Oh, I love it. Then people mostly are, ooh, what, really? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. And just breaking out of that pattern. Yeah, no matter how you feel, just as soon as you answer with very good, you start feeling better. Absolutely. So now I'm very curious again, what challenge, Laura, will you give to our listeners this week? I will challenge our listeners this week to notice those performative conversations you might be having. And I I challenge everyone to change the answer to how are you to something different or even better I challenge you not to ask that question in the first place and come up with a different greeting a different salutation let's start changing these performative relationships to more intentional meaningful relationships I love that and you know we have our card set it's called 50 inspiring ideas for leaders in German language and one of the cards is different ways to answering to how are Are you so we are very curious and would really love to invite you out there to share your experiences and to share what you discovered with us to extend the variety of things and we will also offer our ideas on this card so please go and visit the resource section of our podcast and also the comments there go to www.sfontour.com slash simply focus podcast episode number 21 and if you If you have not yet done, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and soon also on Spotify. And don't forget to share our podcast if you like it and to give us a rating on the various platforms. So, Laura, what have you liked the most about this podcast? Oh, what a great question. I have liked the most about really the opportunity to hear all of these different stories at the same time. This has been quite a fascinating three weeks for me to notice all of these different ways Solution Focus has showed up in my life and then to hear them all connected and to be sitting across from you and being able to share this dialogue with you has been wonderful. So, what an invitation for everyone to start with solution focus and experience these things in the first three weeks thank you very much laura and now we will go and have a bath and meet some other solution focused friends so living in sunday from now on thank you and goodbye thank you bye bye, bye. thank you hello eden hello so eden what do you like about your mommy That we get to go to fun places, like how this morning we got to go to the grocery store and get those flavored water. Oh, wow. So what else do you like about your mommy? That she plans a lot of things for the summer because I don't really do a lot of camp. Yeah, and also plan with friends to come over. Hmm. Hello, baby. Hello. Living in Sunday right away. I love Laura and Eden. And what do you like? I like you. Ooh. And what would you like something else? Yeah, like mommy. And what's something else? 